A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, and welcome back to Gay Actually, a series as part of the UK Film Review podcast. I am Amber, and I'm joined once again by Joyce. Hi. Hi, Joyce. Glad to be back. (laughs) Guess who's back? (laughs) Back Back again. again. (laughs) Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month to you too. Thank you. How's yours going so far? Good times. Good gay times. Good gay times. That's what I like to hear. Mine's going well too. And you've had a birthday. I did have a birthday. Happy birthday to you. Thanks. <laughs> See, that's, that's this month is just like my my month. It's of, your month of thriving. Gemini know? Pride gay. season. Gemini <laughs> birthday. Any more gay words you can throw out in that mm. sentence? <laughs> Cats. <laughs> I love that. In the spirit of Pride Month and the spirit of your birthday, have you done anything gay this week? Um, yeah, I went to Dawson Superstore for the first time. Tell me it's, more about um, that. Yeah, it's like a, a little <laughs> cute gay club in Dawson in London. Wow. Yeah. So you said Superstore and I was like, like I Tesco? Know. I <laughs> thought it was going to be massive. Yes, it's very confusing. I had no idea. It <laughs> was it's for, a club? It's a club, but it's okay. really small. It's yeah. like the, the top level is kind of like a bar. Okay. And then drag queens dance on the bar it's absolutely amazing incredible yeah and then downstairs it's more like a dance area and it's like techno yeah good vibes that sounds great yeah i love really that. fun good times i recommend very nice yeah. very nice so what's something gay you've done this mine is, month? yes mine is also i went to a gay club <laughs> i went oh, to yeah. gay um <clears throat> one of the famous london ones had a good old gay time amazing it was very fun went with a bunch of gays we danced for hours and hours. I'm trying to remember what time we left. But I was tired the next day, but it was so worth it. It was very fun. And um, to give you an indication of how gay it was, one of our friends went um, up to this random guy at the bar and went, I think I follow you on TikTok. <laughs> and he was wow. like, oh my God, no way. And they were like bonding over TikTok. And I was like, what am I looking at? Madness. <laughs> Do you have TikTok? 
Yeah, but I don't post anything. I just use it. To I don't have watch. it for fear that I'm going to get addicted. Oh, that's probably good. good Everyone's for you. telling me to get it, but I just watch it as on soon Instagram as you get it. It's instead. too late. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> don't worry. It's too late once it's you too- fall into the TikTok wormhole. <laughs> One download and it's over. <laughs> More addictive than cigarettes. <laughs> This is a PSA. <laughs> a podcast PSA. Don't smoke, kids. Don't smoke. Don't TikTok. Don't get addicted to TikTok. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right, well, <clears throat> for this month's episode of the Gay Actually podcast, we are going to be talking about when queer representation on screen is bad. As this is a film podcast, we're going to be talking about LGBTQ plus films that went wrong. Is that fair to say? That yeah. went wrong? that kind of use stereotypes negatively and that kind of thing. But I mean, I'm going to ask you now, Joyce, uh, what constitutes bad queer representation for you? Um, Well, you know, it's quite difficult because I feel when we were growing up watching these things, you know, you don't really know anything else Mm. because there wasn't a lot around. Yeah. So at the time, maybe, you know, it didn't even seem that bad. But like now being grown up or whatever (laughs) we're adults now god (laughs) and like actually being queer and not like a baby queer but like an actual queer Mm -hmm. it's like wow it's crazy to to see how badly queer characters are represented even by queer writers and queer directors yeah and maybe it's like not necessarily bad representation but more than more like traumatic representation traumatic yeah Yeah. there's there's so many characters that really bad things happen to and it's like can we get a nice one yeah I feel like that was such a that's a a thing in film history for queer characters is that like negative stereotypes Mm. are very much demonising gay people and that was just a thing that we had to accept I mean being young gay people in the 2010s we took what we could get we took what we could find yeah and that's very much not the vibe now which is great for queer youth love that but looking back like a lot of these films that we're going to be talking about today we had to dig for and looking back we sh- you know we shouldn't have watched that at 15 oh, probably <laughs> and i know we talked about tumblr last week and you didn't have tumblr but let no. me tell you <laughs> these films were so romanticized on tumblr i'm sure they like, were i heard some things from yeah. friends like time. one of the films we're going to talk about loving annabelle like that on tumblr that was like people love that shit. yeah but then looking back that was wasn't it's okay. horrible yeah. it's horrible exactly i mean I think a lot of the films that we are going to talk about, a lot of the tropes that existed in films like around the late 90s, early noughties are very much gay characters die, gay characters get arrested, gay characters face the consequences of their gay actions. (laughs) And that's like not authentically exploring queer issues. That's telling us being gay is scary and bad which isn't always the case what i think is also pretty bad and um something that i feel like i didn't really think about until like last year is how a lot of early 2000 films with queer women in it are like hyper sexualized oh yeah which is damaging yeah it's and it's it's like it's crazy Mm -hmm. how because it's it's very much for the male gaze yes but also all these women are very 
femme, you know, and like mm-hmm. very. Some of them are basically straight, like you know. Yeah. They're they're actually probably straight, but they like just kiss their girlfriends for attention, and you know that's in like queer films. That's yeah. crazy. When you say basically straight, like what do you mean? Do you mean in terms of like they look stereotypically straight, or like they're doing things? They're doing things. Okay, that like yeah. would be good to look at if you were a straight yeah. person basically like, yeah 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 okay. yeah exactly exactly yeah. they're like their characters made for straight people especially for straight men yeah like palatable Not for, for straight people as exactly well. like oh this is an acceptable level of gay that i'm watching yes. right now which is very much the vibe in jenny's wedding a film that we will discuss in <laughs> length because oh <God>. wow <laughs> and also just to say as well with these films um myself and joyce are going to be talking about our kind of highlights uh films that we experienced and watched when we were young growing up gay um it's not necessarily a reflection on the whole lgbtq plus community as a whole obviously because we're two cis gay women um but in future episodes we are going to be talking about um other parts of the lgbtq plus community uh in a future episode we're going to be talking about trans representation and what that means for the trans community as well so watch this space um but we're going to be talking about our favorites today so let's kick it off i've tried to kind of split the films into themes so we can kind of discuss the themes alongside the films as well so the first theme is in like I was going to say Woolawa. <laughs> women loving women films, like lesbian Woolawa. films. <laughs> I read it as Woolawa. Like, yeah. The abbreviation for like lesbian films is the Catholic schoolgirl fantasy. And but what I mean by this is films that are set in a Catholic school and lesbian things occur. Yes. Basically. Most often a boarding school as well. Most often Catholic boarding school with like a very large middle american conflict with uh female sexuality mm-hmm. and religion and all that messy stuff all the fun stuff <laughs> all the fun stuff um yes. <clears throat> so let's talk about loving annabelle here we go loving annabelle was a film that came out googling when it came out because came I out in 2006 not... look at you 2006 yeah that's way later than i thought yeah, me too. I thought it was, like, early 2000s. It acts like it's early 2000s. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'd completely forgotten it was 2006. Yeah. Um, do you want to give a little little summary, sprinkle summary? Oh, heck yeah. Let's I, get into it. See, okay, so before I start with the summary, yeah, I, I love loving Annabelle. I, it's so <laughs> bad. It's so horribly it's so bad. bad. But I watch it at least once a year. I yeah I feel like I um I look back on this film with an air of nostalgia because yes. it's one of the first uh, quote exactly. unquote lesbian films that I saw as a teenager and I feel for it so fondly still even though it's so ridiculously bad exactly and so it's like an hour long or something it's like barely a hundred minutes yes <laughs> oh, wait no, no wait a hundred minutes is no I'll never have... mind it's barely like 70 minutes or something can i very low budget (laughs) very low budget very ridiculous also have to say r.i.p diane gadry who played simone died in 2019 was a a lot of um queer teens looked up to her because of this film uh she did a lot as well for um raising awareness and that kind of thing so shout out to diane gadry Um, 
Yeah. But yes. Loving Annabelle. <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> Which is what <laughs> she, was, she was loving Annabelle. Yeah. Um, so Loving Annabelle was directed by Catherine Brooks, actually a gay woman. Okay, um, okay. We're off to a good start so far. Yeah, made in 2006. And basically, I think the consensus is that Catherine Brooks had a really big crush on her English teacher in high school. Who didn't? At 18, <laughs> exactly. have a crush on a teacher. Exactly. <laughs> and especially the English teachers, very Something very about common. discussing Shakespeare and literature <laughs> just is yep. gay, so... Yeah. So, yeah, basically, <laughs> the film is about Annabelle, who is the daughter of the senator. She's a bit troubled, mm-hmm. and she gets sent to boarding school, Catholic boarding school. And she resents that, too. She resents that, because she wears her um, prayer beads that she got from her ex-girlfriend. <gasps> and she doesn't want to yes. take them off. Are they Buddhist prayer beads? Yeah. yeah. And she refuses to take them off. And, oh, there's a scene. Oh, I need to do the synopsis first before okay. I get too excited. <laughs> I do love this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, basically... Basically, Annabelle is a bit of a rebel. We assume she's 18 because we have to legally assume that she's 18. She is a senior in high school, so we can... Yeah. We and can she's say. a troubled kid, so she could have skipped... Yeah, like, the implication is that she has, like, skipped some school or she's repeating a year or something. Exactly. So she might be a bit older. That's what we're going to tell ourselves? Yes. Carry on. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Otherwise, this film is just illegal and creepy mm-hmm. well it's already a bit creepy yeah we'll get into this Power anyway um <laughs> annabelle um meets her english teacher simone, simone and um she has a little little crush on her from the start from the get-go there are lingering looks which is lingering another looks. gay film trope and i love the meet cute in this film Oh, when yeah. it's Annabelle's like leaving the room and there's this little like smirk eye contact moment between the two of them and it's it's Woo! something <laughs> it's something um yeah so basically that that's it that is the synopsis of the film it's just um Annabelle and this teacher at Catholic boarding school trying to well Annabelle always tries to get closer to her and then Simone is like always trying to n- She's scared to confront reality. She's very scared. She's of her like, feelings. no, we mustn't. And then we mustn't. But then she dreams about Annabelle in church. <gasps> yes, that is a dream, isn't it? Yeah, it's a I... whole little sexual fantasy in church. Yeah, when I first watched that, I thought it was real, and I was yeah. like, oh my god, they're not going to do this in church. Like, yes, the, the gay panic in me was like, no, no literally, no, no. it's so illegal. And then it was a dream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anxiety. Jesus is quaking. <laughs> <laughs> Lord have mercy. Sorry. I might cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see how I feel. You can. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Um, um, Annabelle is so bold, though. So bold. She's outrageous. Like, when she meets these girls in her dorm for the first time, she's like, they're playing Never Have I Ever, right? We all know what Never Have I Ever is. If you've done it, you drink. She says, never have I ever been with another woman and then just drinks. Like, Down the she just whiskey. Out, she just, she was making no secret about the fact that she was into girls. Also, there's another bit that is absolute vibes, which is just <laughs> when they're in cl- they're in Simone's class and uh, is it Catherine? What's the name of the girl that, um, I can't the remember the name one. of the girl. It's like Catherine or. Yeah. Is that the one name? that's like a bit interested in Annabelle. Yeah. There's a bit of tension there. Um, 
she passes a note to Annabelle saying, have you ever had a girlfriend? And she just writes on the note, women suck, in all caps and underlines it with exclamation points. And I was like, oh my God. I rewatched that back and was just crying. So funny. So So funny. funny. And she's she's already been through it, girl. Like the teen love is just too much. Yeah, it's very, Um, she's very intense. She's very She like offers Simone a cigarette like outside of the school. It's so funny. like, can She's you like, imagine offering your teacher a cigarette? Yeah, just like, alone in a Catholic school. In a Catholic boarding school. Quaking. Absolutely mad. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, also, Simone has a boyfriend in this. Oh, that she, she breaks does. up with. I can't remember his name. I feel like it's Michael or something. It's something just... irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just the scenes with them. Obviously, he's her beard, right? Like, yeah. but it's just passionless it's It's so awful so melancholy and then in contrast with simone and annabelle scenes it's like there's so much tension it's so spicy it's it's very much i feel the anxiety because they could get caught at any moment within any scene that they're in um which spoiler alert does happen towards the end of the film because and in what a state we did say this film didn't necessarily have an happy happy ending didn't we did we say that i don't know anyway say that well it doesn't (laughs) no it doesn't at all um and yeah i mean the relationship itself the way it blossoms obviously it's a student teacher thing so i'm very much like very against that obviously yeah um they get very i mean they get very vulnerable with each other, which would be good in a film, if not for the fact that it's very uncomfortable it's to watch so because you just know it's her teacher. And it's one of the only times that I will say about a queer film that we just shouldn't wrote we shouldn't root for the lesbians in this one. Like Ooh. I know we're supposed to root for the lesbians every time, I but know. I just can't get behind this still. Well, it's it's interesting because if if this was a straight movie and it was a male teacher and a female student or even like a female teacher and a male student mm-hmm. it would be so f- messed up like yeah. we would feel it way more i feel 100 percent. so yeah it is it is so and this is like one of those bad representation things like it's it's yeah because they're like lesbians <clears throat> we're like ah oh, but we're out. it's like it's like in a film when yeah. a woman cheats on her husband with a woman and we're like ah oh, oh my god yes yeah, liberation go, go but queen, actually like queen. But actually, yeah, yeah, it's messed up. And this is messed up. Even if Annabelle's 18, oh my God. There's a power dynamic there that we can't ignore. She's literally her teacher. It's not just a teacher that works at the school. It's her teacher. And it's her dorm person, whatever. Like like boarding schools of like per floor or something, a teacher is like responsible for the kids in there. Yeah. Simone is hers. There's just too much going on. This is so messed up. And like the, the problem is that we all have crushes on our teachers. Annabelle is very forward, so she just goes for it. But Simone yeah. is is not resisting it. She tries. Also, if that happened in real life, like it would be so bad. It'd be so. It'd bad. be very problematic. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely Hello. in high school. I mean, see, they could have obviously they did, uh, this would be different if they said it in like university or college or whatever. But we'll get onto that. Um, we'll we'll uh, get, get into later that. in this episode. <laughs> but. It's it's just not good. It's just no. not good. I think that one of them says at one point, well, I, I say one of them, I'm pretty sure it's Annabelle because Simone is always having that inner conflict of yeah. this is wrong. 
whether or not be it be that she is feeling feelings for a student or that she's you know struggling with her sexuality and she can't be out and stuff but at one point annabelle says we're not doing anything wrong hate to break it to you sis <laughs> i know i was like are you sure about that are you sure that like pursuing your teacher actively and actively. openly isn't wrong i know she like and isn't this when she tries to kiss her annabelle tries to kiss simone at some point oh and she's like don't yeah she's like no don't and then she's like we're not doing anything wrong yeah but yeah madness she like literally the second scene or the third scene they have together annabelle's already like fondling her necklace like she grabs Simone's little necklace and like caresses her chest it's mad that's so intense yeah also because she's quite clearly uncomfortable as well that's a whole separate issue but I feel like if Annabelle and Simone were two teachers at the school perhaps it would be a different film hot I'd be so down for if that. If they were two teachers and having this dilemma, it would actually be a lot more layered, a lot more like, you know, they're dealing with each other's shame. They're trying to, they're being vulnerable with each other. They're trying to be like, you know, it's okay to feel these feelings within the Catholic backdrop. Because there ha- there is a conflict with religion that Simone is having. If it was two teachers, I feel like that would be different. Yeah. But then... Do you want to make a movie together? <laughs> <laughs> Let's pitch it. Let's go for Netflix. it. Netflix? Oh. Hello? Any maybe we can get Annabelle who's grown up this? now? The actress that played Annabelle <gasps> to be one of the teachers. Damn. Okay. <clears throat> we'll sort this out. <laughs> I hope everyone's happy to hear this. <laughs> um that side, I think loving Annabelle it's just it's it's a good it's a good film purely for the nostalgia. But the fact that I mean I <laughs> Spoiler alert. I feel like we should always have a spoiler warning in these episodes. Simone is arrested, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, Mm -hmm. as she should be. She was they were basically they were caught while getting dressed from being naked together. Yeah. Yeah. And she's arrested and she's taken away in a police car and the film ends. It's very bleak. But it kind of does show that it's like the film is trying to say, look. Here's the consequences to acting on your gayness. Simone struggles the entire film about acting on being gay. She Mm. finally acts on it. And then the next morning, she's arrested. There's an immediate consequence, which is just so typical of films that present gay characters... Gay? Gay? Cake? Cake? That present gay characters all throughout history. Look, you're gay. Now you'll be punished. Yeah, and that's it. It is the right consequence to their actions. It is completely right. But because they are queer, it, it almost harder. has this like double meaning. Exactly. And it's, that's just it hurts it's more. wrong. I know. Yeah. Um, I wrote some things about bad representation of the queer characters as well, like specifically. Because yep. so um, Annabelle, Annabelle has her f- friend or like her doormate, whatever, who's very like... Friend is a loose term, yeah. I think. <laughs> They're not really friends. Um, <laughs> that dicks to each other. <laughs> oh, I know. Basically, she's like super intrigued by Annabelle's like sexuality or whatever. Yeah. And there's a, a little scene they have in the pool where she, they basically kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, Annabelle is not into it because she's obviously knees deep into Simone. Catherine's <laughs> <laughs> not her type. No, basically. <laughs> exactly. Um, so for her, there's this whole thing. Like she, she, she tells her, um, "I don't want to be your science experiment or something." Like that. Mm. 
So I'm not interested in being your science project. Yep. Spot on. So basically, that one character is like, whatever, the queer woman that's experimenting or the, yeah, the girl that's experimenting. She basically says without using the word that she's bi because she was like, I'm not yeah. a lesbian. Um, I like guys too. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't label herself as bisexual, but the implication is that she's into more than one gender, right? Yeah, I think so. And then for Annabelle to be like, I don't want to be your science project. Yeah. It's not taking her sexuality seriously, which, you know, yeah, Catherine's maybe. annoyed about that. Yeah, maybe Catherine actually had a crush on Annabelle. Maybe, considering the fact that they kissed. <laughs> like, exactly. In the pool. Um, yeah. yeah, so then the... Well, obviously, Simone is, like, abusing her power and uh-huh. whatever, per- mm-hmm. committing a crime. Um, <laughs> God. This is... So we don't know if Annabelle, Annabelle's 18, but we can assume that she is. But yeah. I feel like it's just very damaging for anything in the queer community to allude to any relationships that are um, minor and... What am I saying? People that are underage with people that are not yeah like it's just very damaging it because is damaging. there's a long history of that being used as um something to demonize gay people with yeah exactly so i think that generally is bad even even like just to use that as a as a story trope or whatever in okay. any queer film it's it's i feel like it's just too damaging so <laughs> That's where my issue is. Yeah, <laughs> and that I concur. That cool. it's bad, and it like an age gap like that where there's a power dynamic in any film is bad. Not least when it's uh, a gay storyline, because <laughs> you know during that time in the noughties, like gay people were going through enough. Like mm. you don't, <laughs> you look at a film like that, and then straight people use it as like ammunition to be yeah, like, yeah, exactly, this is bad. Yeah, you know. Anyway, yeah, it did blow my mind that this is from two thousand six. I can't believe it's two thousand six. I mean, Annabelle has a skunk stripe. So was that even popular in two thousand six? So I feel like that's early two thousand. Yeah, well, it's very much the early two thousands vibe. But then probably when it was being conceptualized, it was the early noughties. So. That's probably when Catherine Brooks was crushing on her teacher. Was that was that like? Oh yeah, you said that was the inspiration for loving Annabelle. Well, I just assume. Oh, I think it must be. <laughs> it must this be is the only <laughs> thing that makes sense. <laughs> this is just the issue. She is. She does identify as gay. So yeah. it's the only thing that makes sense yeah. to me. Well, let's move on, shall we? Well, we'll go back in time a little bit. I should. We should have started with this film, but anyway, here we go. We'll talk about um, Lost and Delirious, yes. which is a 2001 film directed by Leah Paul. Yeah. Um, and she is... She's gay. She's also a lesbian. Yeah, she's also a lesbian. Again. Gays making gay content. Love it. We love, love it. to see it. Um, obviously, this was made in 2001. It's very much... I feel like we should semi-treat it as a product of its time. The brink of the millennium situation sure (laughs) um trigger warning with this film um it does deal with suicide towards the end of the film so would not recommend watching if uh you are sensitive to these types of issues the film itself is very intense 
I'll do a quick summary. Lost and Delirious features... <laughs> you know what? This film starts in the same way that Loving Annabelle starts. Yep. The protagonist is Mouse. She, again, she's driving to Catholic boarding school and she resents her parents for doing this to her. <laughs> you know? See where I'm going with this? The yep. Catholic school theme once more. Um, so she arrives at boarding school and she's rooming with two older students. So Mouse is 14. Mm-hmm. I can't remember how old her roommates are. I think they're 17. Okay, so they're 17. Paulie and Tori. And it becomes clear very quickly that Paulie and Tori are in a relationship of sorts. They are involved with each other. And then Mouse is very much like us. She assumes the role of the viewer, right? The spectator. Um, She observes the girls out of curiosity. She's not been exposed to you know, a queer relationship before. She's like, what is, what What are they doing? Um, and then <laughs> this is, yeah. When she sees them on the roof, for example, kissing for the first time, she says, I thought they were practicing for boys, mm-hmm. which again is very much like a heterosexual understanding of female homosociality. I don't know, is that fair no. to say? Sure. Um, but yeah, basically they're in a relationship and chaos ensues because as people start to find out that Paulie and Tori are together, uh, it gets very intense very quickly. Paulie, on the one hand, is very confident and open about the fact that she's in love with Tori. Um, Tori is terrified. And that dynamic obviously doesn't work. Paulie's ready to declare her love to the world and Tori is like, no, I can't deal with this. I, I'm not ready. I don't want to do this. Um, and it's it's a very sad film um, it may be bad representation in some ways, but it, I mean, it does actually break my heart that Paulie loses hope that mm. she can be happy being gay. Um, I, I yeah, I feel very conflicted with Paulie and Tori's relationship. I feel like because Paulie is kind of forcing Tori to come out, and Tori's not ready. She doesn't want to, which needs to be respected. But then Tori's denial and like hurts Paulie as well. Yeah. And it's very like it's dealing with a lot of very complex issues, which like it I mean it's yeah. the the crazy thing is that you can completely understand both their sides. Yeah. Which is very sad. because um, like Tori's whole reasoning is that she doesn't want to lose her family. And her parents are super religious. And, you know, it's her sister that catches them in bed together. Yeah. Just, like, waking up, sleeping, whatever. But they're naked and together. Um, this film, as I say, very similar to Loving Annabelle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's this heartbreaking scene. And this is... this I, cr- I cried at this part. I texted you, I'm crying. This is when I was crying. Yes. Is when um, Tori talks to her sister. And it's just completely denying everything and basically saying that Polly's a creep that just crawled into her bed naked mm-hmm. um, and then she walks away and she just starts like breaking down crying the look on her face yeah. is horrible isn't like, it like you can just see the pain in her because she does I mean obviously she says multiple times after all of that that she's still so in love with Polly and that she will never love anyone as much as she loves Polly and all of that and it's so heartbreaking the fact that she's so scared yeah. To be her true self and to be with... I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> it's so sad. 
Um, and just so many people can identify with po- like polyantory, I mm. think. Um, yeah. Being out and being persecuted for it versus being so scared to come out for fear of persecution. And the fact that there's just no hope in this film is just... Yeah, it's really sad. So sad. Hence why I feel conflicted about it. I th- I mean... <clears throat> I feel like knowing that the director is a queer woman herself yeah. changed my opinion a lot about the representation in the film. Yeah, me too. Because it, it it kind of, you know, it seems to come from maybe a place of experience or things she's witnessed or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's it all seems pretty realistic. There's some, like, exaggeration. Obviously, it's a drama. Mm-hmm. But it's not, like, unheard of. Yeah especially you know the darker themes and i feel like it's a very heavy movie but i don't think it's necessarily bad representation all around yeah also i think we're i mean i try to remind myself that we are looking at this film 21 years after it was made right talking about it and was it good representation for 2001? I don't know. But that's a good point. Yes, yeah. I mean, I guess watching that if you're a teen and you're you think you might be gay and you watch yeah. that, I feel like that's pretty damaging probably. I think it was damaging for me watching this for the first time. I I'm trying to remember how old I was when I watched it. I must have been 16, 17. Right. So what year was that? Um how old am I? <laughs> it was... I'm 24. It was eight years ago. Right. You, 20, 2014? Around that time, yeah. right? Was that maths? <laughs> it maths? Watching it in, like, around the 2014 mark, I remember watching the film and really, really enjoying it, and then at the end just felt so despairing. Oh. And I think... I think watching it before I'd come out was not a good idea because it scared me. Really? But then, you know, it's it's different. It's different now, mm. arguably in a lot of cases. So, yeah, it's it's hard to cut. I I feel like I need to treat it as a product of its time, which is why maybe it's not necessarily bad representation. But it's not really a film that you can watch now yeah I, I think it's like one of those where it's it's a film about teens but you shouldn't watch it as a teen you know <laughs> like, I don't I don't think you should watch it as a teen it's it I don't even know what me... rating it was oh, I don't know either I mean well, it wasn't PG-13 that's no. for sure <laughs> <laughs> there was some nudity um, <laughs> um, it reminded I don't know what it was about it okay because the story is not alike or anything like that mm. but it reminded me a bit of the virgin suicides I think <gasps> yeah yeah, yeah we just the way I felt like hopeless yeah and that like complete and you know I watched that as a teen and mm, obviously that's not right I mean I don't know if no, anyone's see, seen the versions I didn't watch it until we studied it for those that don't know me and Joyce did a masters in film together yeah no one would know <laughs> <laughs> okay. the version suicide yeah I didn't watch that until I was 22 so okay I obviously look at it very differently yeah. I think if I'd watched that as a teen, I would have been like, oh dear, 
Yeah, that's how I felt. Yeah, I'm sure. And I feel like Lost and Delirious is the same. Like, you shouldn't watch that as a teen. Especially not if you're actually belonging to a group of people like the people in the movie. Like, yeah, if if you think you're queer and you're not sure or whatever, or you're like, you know, like we all did when we were young teens, just looking up anything gay because we were interested in it. We had nothing to go on. Yeah. We needed something. Imagine just watching that. I mean, you did. Imagine watching that. Well, I accidentally stumbled across it. Right. You know, I, you know, I could take what I could get. I didn't, I didn't have anyone to talk to. At school, I mean, that's depressing. (laughs) I was like, what, 15? I didn't know how to vocalise these thoughts, so I looked online to try and, like, find some representation, and it was was damaging for me, I think, to watch that. So I can see that. I think it's definitely... Yeah. It also shows, like, what we discussed with Loving Annabelle. It's kind of along that theme of what you were saying just now. Like, there's it shows that there's consequences to these actions, Mm. these gay actions or these sexual actions. There's an immediate consequence to that. And that comes with shame and fear and, oh my gosh, should I come out? And that's... Surely that was damaging at the time, I don't know. Yeah. Or it just, you know, it raises awareness of these types of issues. Yeah, it's just a very thin line... Yeah, yeah. Easily crossed. I don't know. I don't think the line is as thin now. I think it was yeah, back then. Especially, sure. yeah, definitely. Um, there's another thing about this film that really caught me off guard that is, I feel like, quite damaging and bad representation. And that is, like, the complete taboo around the word lesbian. Yes. It's, it's a derogatory term in this film, even by the characters that are, that are actually queer. Mm-hmm. They they can't even, like, claim it or say it or embrace it. Yeah, when Polly's like, lesbian? You think I'm a lesbian? Yeah. And it's like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> And obviously they don't use any words to label themselves, so I'm not going to, like, put, no. a, put a word or a category onto them. But, but like, they're not claiming any queerness whatsoever. Yeah. It's not even, like, I'm bi or I'm, I'm pan or I'm just queer. It's... Yeah. It's just absolutely not. Yeah, and especially like within the religious environment as well, with this and loving Annabelle, it it makes I feel like it makes audiences confront being a lesbian as something that you grow out of. Right. You know, Tori is has done that relationship thing with Paulie and then, you know, she's gonna go off and get a boyfriend and marry him and have babies and live yeah. the heterosexual life that her parents want for her. And that's very much the narrative that was in previous queer film and it's just a bit dark yeah dark dark should we move on yes (laughs) speaking about gay relationships in film with a large age gap which i feel like loving annabelle does let's move on to the next theme which is gay relationships on screen with a large age gap (laughs) Um, good segue (laughs) thank you excellent segue Um, Bloomington is the next film we're going to talk about give it up for Bloomington so many thoughts about this film you know I when I went to I did a year abroad in Indiana right Indiana University in Bloomington in Bloomington Indiana and the first thought I had when I got accepted there was like oh my god am I going to meet my Mrs. Stark (laughs) 
Um, you've just taught me that Bloomington is a place in Indiana. So it's, now I know why the film is called Bloomington. Yeah, it's a place in Indiana, but also in Illinois. And I think there's other states as well. Okay. So we don't you, actually know. Have you been to Bloomington or any of the Bloomingtons? Well, I lived in Bloomington, Indiana. No way! That's what I'm saying. Mate. I lived there for a year. Wow! That, I just told you! I knew you did abroad in Indiana, but I didn't know you lived in Bloomington. But that's it. When I got accepted into Indiana University for my year abroad, the first thought <gasps> I had was, oh my god, it's Bloomington. Oh my god! Bloomington. That's so cool. Yeah. Your life is a movie. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Where's my Catherine Stark? <laughs> Any Catherine Starks out there? Joyce wants um, to know. So my phone number... <laughs> Plus 44. <laughs> no, it's not the time. <laughs> Plus 44. <laughs> just to make sure that they know I live in the UK. I just want to let you know that I'm making a mess of Amber's editing and she's going to hate me. <laughs> Sorry, Amber. <laughs> That's fine. We're right. Let uh, you go for it, Bloomington. Tell me what it's about. Tell our listeners Bloomington. what it's about. Bloomington to me is on the same level as Loving Annabelle, as in I also watch that once a year and I watched it around the same time I first watched Loving me Annabelle. Me too. Bloomington and Loving Annabelle. I feel like are my like wow. nostalgic films. Yes, it's so. Great. I don't like Bloomington though. Okay, Bloomington is more horrible than Loving Annabelle, and here is why. The main character in Bloomington, it what's the, what's her name? Jackie. Oh, the main character in Bloomington is Jackie, an ex-child star from a TV show called <laughs> Neptune. I'm cringing so hard. <laughs> she looks like a child. Okay, she does. She looks so young. Actually, looks like a child. So basically, um, our pretty little Jackie is coming to Bloomington to go to university as a freshman. Um, Relatable for you, Joyce. Sorry, I wasn't a freshman, I was a junior. Oh, is that like second year? That's third year. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wait, how? Okay, we can talk about the American <laughs> college system after this. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Sophomore is second year. Okay, anyway. okay, yeah. okay. Oh, got it. Freshman, sophomore. sophomore, junior, senior. That's it. Wow. Yep. Here we go. You're welcome. Yep. Uh, for all the Americans listening, um, I hope that helped. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So Jackie is going to school. Um, and while she is in the principal's office, we have a pretty little meet cute with Eyes Catherine meet. Stark. Eyes meet. Now, who is Catherine Stark? Catherine Stark is an urban legend. <laughs> she really at is. At Bloomington. Yes, because the students all talk about her. Because she is this vampire lady who eats up all her students and then they mysteriously disappear. Translation is that Catherine Stark sleeps with all her students. <sighs> So, all of um, her female students. Yeah, uh, apparently males as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, I must have missed that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they like mention it because it's like um, some of Jackie's new friends tell her about this, and Jackie's like, "Hmm, interesting. An older woman that sleeps with her students. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up." Says also, Jackie. Fun no fact: one. everyone is blonde in this movie. Yes, actually crazy. It's such a white film. It's the widest of the widest films. I think a lot of these films that we're talking about. Are very white. Yes. And again, what does that say about bad representation oh, of queer film? Absolutely. It's <sighs> it's honestly <laughs> it's really depressing that people grew like it's depressing how it used to be, but it's improved so much. Yeah, I think over the I, last Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. Like, especially with films like Moonlight and 
Pariah. Pariah! That's a really good film. We should talk about Pariah at some point. Yeah. Let's make a note. <laughs> Pariah blow. Um, yeah. So, very white, very blonde. Um, yeah. She, age gap. Age gap. Young woman with a older, borderline, middle-aged, seasoned lesbian. Seasoned! <laughs> I mean, she knows she knows what she's she, doing. Basically, I think she's bisexual. Oh, she's bisexual because okay. she she does have some men. Again, it's not clear. Yeah. There are a lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, I mean, both of them do sleep with men in this film. Yes. Yeah. So we can't really assume... Again, that kind of... Right. When I was a teenager, I thought Bloomington was a good film. I thought it was iconic. I loved it. Catherine Stark loved it. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> but it... I mean, that again shows like what we were talking about before, that we took what we could get in terms of lesbian representation on screen. Yes. But I watched this film back and I watched clips of this film back and it is just a mess. Oh. It's damaging. It's... <sighs> yeah. Who greenlit the script is the question. Yeah. Because mm. <laughs> No, sorry. Nothing makes sense. It it's the most unrealistic thing I've ever seen in my life. The relationship progresses so fast and in, it's so risky and stressful. They're at like this <laughs> they're at this like weird drinks thing. Bearing in oh. mind, Jackie is underage. The drinking age in America is twenty one, which I need to remind myself because Catherine she has no. Catherine feeds her alcohol like yeah. it's nothing yeah she's like do you want a drink and she no. gets like this tumbler out and I'm like girl like, and then she's like she's no she's not 21 this <laughs> woman is not 21 and then she goes like I don't think you drink very much do you like, yeah because like, no. it's illegal like <laughs> oh my god you're very inexperienced <laughs> also like the, the first time they meet it's really flirtatious and then they meet at this weird drinks thing and they're hiding behind these like random rocks at the university which is like Okay, fine. <laughs> and then they kiss, like, 30 seconds into speaking. 30 seconds! And then Catherine's like, do you want to come back to my place? And Jackie's Literally. like, she's like, what? Ew, no! Which is funny. And, and then, then cuts to her place, <laughs> where they get together for the first time. And then Catherine's like, you look so scared. Don't look scared. And then she's like, good girl. And it's oh, like, um, yes, terrifying. she looks scared because she's a child and you're an adult. Oh my like, god. She's underage. She's 18. Well, she's 18, but she's under the drinking age. Yeah. And she basically like plies her with alcohol. And it's just like a weird... It's so strange. <sighs> this film stresses me out. It is stressful. It, it just doesn't make sense how they meet. Or like, you know, 
actually talk to each other for the first time. Yeah. Like five lines are exchanged. Jackie says something like, oh, my friends are talking about you. And then Catherine's like, oh, what are they saying? And Jackie's like, that I should stay away from you or something like that. And then she kisses her. Yeah. And then, then Catherine kisses Jackie. And then, what? <laughs> In plain sight. Teacher student. There's no shame here. There's, is it, uh, mm-hmm. Question marks everywhere. Also, and then when they cut to her, the, to them going to the house, suddenly it's dark outside. It was like 3 p.m. before. It's really weird. What's going on? <laughs> I read this. I read this article. I think it was an auto straddle piece, and the writer of the article was like, "Why does why does every single shot in this film take place in the middle of the day?" Oh my god! <laughs> now no, I can't unsee it. It's... Even the even the the night shots at home look like they're filmed with closed blinds with like beaming light outside. Yeah, mad, <laughs> ridiculous. Um. <sighs> also why i can't get behind this film is like the mother daughter dynamic oh. so it's quite clear in the film that jackie has some mummy issues yep. just because i mean her mum is terrible like there's a scene yeah. where she slaps her across the face like she's really not nice to her and um the film kind of implies that jackie is replacing her mum with Catherine stark and that is gross <sighs> I cannot get behind that. If they're supposed to be in a relationship, why is there like a mum-daughter dynamic? It's, it's horrible. not good. You know what? There's so many examples of this in the film. But the first one, and this is so weird, is after their first night together, Jackie leaves in the morning and puts a little stuffed bunny <gasps> next to Catherine. No! The in the bed, right? What does yeah. it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> I cannot. What does it mean? I cannot deal with it. No, it's like representing Jackie as a little kid in my head. This is how I look at it. Yeah, because she's a child star, right? So yeah. she's like not really progressed into her adult life yet. Yeah. Messy. Oh. Messy. And then I think one of the worst, worst things, worst scenes is when Catherine gives Jackie a bath. <laughs> And, like, Jackie's... Um, Catherine is, like, fully clothed, like, outside of the like bath. Like, bathing her like, like she's a baby. bathing her. Like, f- she's not in the tub with her. Th- no. This is not a, a nice little romantic moment. She's bathing Jackie. After Jackie just had a fight with her mom. Oh, yeah, that's right after the, the, the scene that where her mom slaps her and then Catherine Stark comes to pick her up and save the day. And you're like, oh, cute. But then she calls her Porcupine, which is... Oh, what porcupine. does that mean? I forgot That's her, like, that. pet name for her. And then it cuts to them... Her bathing her? Yeah. Oh, Oh, I'm glad you called me porcupine. (laughs) Excuse me, what's that? Wretch. Disgusting. But then, um, so in the plot, Jackie then gets a call from her agent or like whoever and was like, oh, they want to do a feature film of Neptune, which was the series that she was in. And, you know, she goes to audition for it and, you know, gets the part, blah, blah, blah. Catherine is so unsupportive and like really kind of emotionally abusive and it's like becomes really catty and pushes her away like she is the child in the relationship and is very much like how's this long distance gonna work how are you gonna justify keep coming across the country to see me it's just like you're literally in a student teacher relationship right here like you realize that yeah like what what is actually going on She's so horrible to her. And, like, Jackie doesn't deserve that. 
No, she's Nessie. she's literally she calls Neptune Saturn. How dare she? That is <laughs> that's outrageous. Like, oh yeah, that's that child star. Sorry. She's in that show Saturn or something. Saturn or something. I don't know. She says to this man that she brings over while Jackie's literally sitting on her couch. Horrible. And then she goes and has intimate relations like, with the man upstairs while Jackie's and then she's like make sure you turn off the TV after watching your cartoons, cartoons. okay like okay mom what you, the hell you don't read her like a child when you Pursued have personally her. been there oh weird oh bro I was trying to look into the director of this movie yeah um, she's a woman okay but I could not find anything about her sexuality because I genuinely wonder if she's even gay if how do you write that Mm. thinking that's like it's so off the that's mark how it works. isn't it it's so off the mark it's so it, it just it just doesn't compute and there you go yeah gay relationships on screen with a large age gap mm. bad bad well, <laughs> I, I put in my notes Carol Territory basically the trope in lesbian films where <clears throat> a younger woman is being seduced by the older like I said earlier, seasoned lesbians. Season it's like the Carol effect. Where's my seasoned? I'm gonna, I'm gonna patent that. The yeah. Carol effect. The Carol effect. But Carol was tasteful, you know, and it wasn't like you know Carol's underage amazing. shenanigans that is not appropriate. No, very different. But it's a trope that exists. The yeah. age gap. The age, age gap, which is and arguably damaging. This teacher thing as well. This power thing. Because that, that's not that's not there in Carol, you know? No, there's no... there's Yeah, there's not really a power dynamic. I, Bloomington, though. Bloomington, I would though. recommend. Honestly, if you want to watch a teacher-student thing, watch Loving Annabelle, it's better. Yeah, but that's more, that's worse. Probably, but ugh, Bloomington is just straight-up trash. Yeah, Bloomington is trash. Yeah. Indiana, though. What? Also, Catherine Stark is hot. Yeah. 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 Remember how you were always so scared when we first met? Oh, God. Let's move on, shall we? Yes, please. Enough of that. I'm Ugh. sweating. Um, moving on. The next theme that we want to talk about is how queer female sexuality is treated as a quote-unquote joke or not taken seriously. Mm-hmm. I want to start with American Pie 2 Yes. as a clear example of this, which was uh, Joyce's suggestion. Yeah, it's not a queer film, obviously, but no. it's it has a very um, how do I put this? Defining moment for me. It's it's a very key scene in the film. Like, it's remembered. You know? Yeah. That scene in American Pie 2. Everyone knows. Yeah, of course. But Let's talk about the scene. It's the grossest, most damaging yeah. um, sexualized, basically lesbian pornography thing yeah like i think um obviously this type of film is quite outdated now it's a very late 90s early noughties typical teenage sex comedy in the the group of young men are just going to desperate measures to get laid basically and the humor is just so outdated and this is just one of the examples the gay humor obviously like stifler as a character is very homophobic there's a scene in another American Pie film where he realizes he's in a gay bar. Oh yeah. And he's like, ah! it's like <laughs> so shocking and oh my god. And it's like everyone's laughing at him for like being like, lol, you're in a gay bar. And it's like, great, okay. Yeah. Great. 
you know, as we both went to gay bars with him last week as well. Um, and we're just like, okay, well. Um, but this... That's how I feel when I go to a straight bar. Yeah. I just want to retch. Love that. Um, this, this film obviously is misogynistic, let alone pokes fun at female sexuality and invalidates it is that a fair enough oh, word definitely. to say um Diffler assumes that two women that li- are living in the house that they're painting are lesbians and he enters their home to find proof which is very degrading and invasive to their privacy he's looking around he finds some things some objects that he considers proof and um it yeah it's not very nice and then at the end of the film they end up the two women and him end up getting together yeah um as if to imply that not only is their queer coded sexuality not serious that they actually only exist for the pleasure of men which is gross yes and basically that whole scene in inside the house is all about gazing and literally because the the people the two guys that are still outside are literally taking turns looking through the window yeah, so. and seeing them undress and yeah. seeing if they are going to, you know. Yeah, so basically they end up playing this game. Um, Stifler is very adamant on proving that they're lesbians. So he's like, prove it. And they're like, should we play with them? And at first they like decide to go with it because they really want to see these two women get it on. Yeah. So they have to kiss each other and like make the boys kiss each other and make out. Which is they, they hate it. It's disgusting to them. They're like throwing up which again uh, yeah it's pretty, homosexuality really is really bad disgusting in films is the representation that yeah. we're getting um and a, like a mainstream film as well yeah no it's totally it's, that everyone's seen yeah so um yeah it's all about this like how far can we push it on our end just to see these two women mm. touch each other you know it's like this amazing thing and then this they, they all have walkie talkies and it's been connected to like so many people's like homes there's like this dad whose family's having a barbecue and he's literally on the side with his walkie talkie listening to these two women it's so degrading it's so awful it's all about that like sexualizing gaze that sorry but that we all we always have to deal with as like queer women yeah it's the like my sexuality doesn't exist for men. It exists no, for exactly, me. Exactly. And but on screen, you know, back in the day. Men don't seem to realise that sometimes. Yeah. You know, they love it. They love seeing two girls kiss. That's the only um, public negative attention that I've got. Yeah, same. Is a man being like, hello girls. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not here for you. And Back this- off. It's films like this, especially for, like, you know, um, men our age now that grow up watching this. Yeah. And being like, oh, yeah, lesbians are hot, you know. And that's not That's not what it's good. about, obviously, at all. Yeah, exactly. So, and then especially since Stifler actually gets together with both of them at the end. Yeah, it just shows that it's not taken seriously and that yeah. they will always, like, a classic trope on screen is that a lesbian will either die, end up with a man... Or face another type of... Yeah, get arrested, loving Annabelle. Face another type of consequence that 
puts her back in her place in yeah. the heterosexual order of things. Yeah. I'm cross. Cross. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah. Let's talk about kissing Jessica Stein on that subject. Yes. Though. Bisexuality is not treated seriously in this film. No. Nothing is treated seriously in this film. I'll, I'll give a little plot summary. As, as we say, may contain spoilers all the time <laughs> because we accidentally do things, say things. Yep. <laughs> so the protagonist is Jessica Stein, funnily enough, because that's the film's namesake. Um, she's sick of being with men slash being permanently single. She's not very lucky in love. And so when she... Basically, she decides, why don't I try women for a bit? And she puts an ad in the paper, back, yeah. like what you used to do, like pre-2000, like a dating... like. <laughs> a dating ad. I know. Um, and she meets Helen, a bisexual woman, um, and she decides to try dating her. However, the reality of dating a woman is far from what she expected, and she finds herself struggling with the new way of things. <laughs> um, and that's basically the summary. Jessica herself is very uptight, she's neurotic, she takes everything very seriously, whereas Helen is very casual, she's very liberated, she's very open with her sexuality. She dates men, she dates women, she dates whoever. It's very... She's very free, and Jessica is very the opposite of that. And it, it's funny to watch, like, it's a comedic film. Yeah. Um, it's funny to uh, watch them navigate that. Um, navigate the physical and emotional aspects of being with a woman. You know, it's you know we need to talk about things. We need to communicate about things. There's different ways of being with a woman as there is being with a man. Mm-hmm. This is what the film portrays. It's very nostalgic as well. Yeah, like you you see the film and you're like, wow, this is so nineties. <laughs> Love it. And then <laughs> like very much yeah. with the line, Jessica hates His computers. Jessica <laughs> um, like, hates computers. Yeah, like who hates computers now? But yeah. Um, I enjoyed this film when I first watched it, but there are some very uncomfortable moments that don't age well, particularly mm. with regards to bisexuality. But um, what do you feel I about I didn't this film? like it. You didn't like when it? When I watched it. I watched it for um, an essay I wrote, and um, I watched it because I knew the representation was bad. Yeah. And I, I just can't get over, like, a lot of things in it. Um, like, it almost seems to me, the way they portray Jessica is that she's not even queer at all. No. Like, towards the end. it Like, this, she went through this whole little experimentation phase that then led her to learn something about herself, which then led her to finally end up with the man that's been pursuing her the entire film. Yeah. It just Who's horrible me. to her, also. Oh, God. He speaks to her like trash. Literally. He's... What does he say to her when <laughs> there's a scene with John Hamm? Um, John Hamm is the man. No. Oh no. There's Wait, he that's looks, boss. Yeah. So there's a guy who is John Hamm, and then the guy that's but, mean to her is he called Michael? Why do I think every straight man is called Michael <laughs> in these films? But he looks like John Hamm. Yeah. Is I got confused when I first watched it because I was like, this is the same man, but it's not the same man, which yeah. is rude of me. But um, yeah, he's rude to her. He he's basically like, you know, you're you're single and alone, and he's like very rude about the way he says it, and she's very upset. But then she ends up with him anyway. Ugh. Or like, yeah. Sigh. It's and so then she's sad. I just, I don't like it. I, I don't like any of it. Even when she gets with Helen, uh, it takes her like, what, weeks 
to be comfortable being with Helen. Yeah. Which, okay, there's, um, there's something behind that, and I appreciate that. Yeah. But the way they portray it is, like, she's, like, not interested, or, like, I don't know. Well, Helen struggles with that as well, because she's like, you know, I want somebody who wants me, I want somebody yeah. who craves me, because she obviously wants something from a relationship that Jessica can't give. And I think that's interesting. I feel like this film is very ahead of its time for that reason. Think about when it came out and, you know, to have a film portray these kinds of things openly and kind of positively yeah. is quite good. Um, but then, you know, Jessica's shame and anxiety about the relationship and then, you know, she doesn't date women anymore. Like, she's yeah. done with that. It's it was bad. just like a one little one-off. Yeah, but I do, I do like uh, Jessica's mum in the film. Yeah, how you know they present themselves as a religious household, but then I think they're Jewish, mm-hmm. and um, Jessica never says to her mum, "I'm dating Helen," like or comes out in any way, identifies herself in any way. But her mum uh, is very positive. And there's a really cute scene where she says, I think Helen is a lovely girl. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's really nice. Because she just co- she clocked on, basically, yeah. to what was going on and wanted Jessica to feel good about herself. And that's nice. For a 90s film? Yeah, I know. That's really nice. That's true. That's the only credit I give it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess they're, mm. you know, as characters, they're, like, after dating each other, you know, they, spoiler alert, they remain friends. They're able to be more open in their lives after dating each other, which is nice. Yeah, but see, and then but that is just for Jessica to end up with the man that yeah. she's been afraid to end up with. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, um, it's... Yeah. God. God. <laughs> oh, disturbed. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's not it's not amazing. No. I don't give it much credit. Um the acting's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's okay. <laughs> I yeah, genuinely I didn't watch it until I was like twenty three, which was last year. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, I hadn't I'm seen sure. it before. I didn't watch it when I was younger. I can't I don't think I watched it when I was that young. I think maybe mm. I was about seventeen. Yeah. So I didn't even know of it existing, to be honest, for a really long time. Mm. But yeah, I just read bad things about it. Like, yeah. what's the point? I mean, if yeah, you're yeah. if you're gay and you want to watch a film with gay characters or whatever, Jessica Stein really gives you nothing. Mm. Like literally, because they don't even. Yeah. Ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's for straight people. It's a straight people film. Yeah, it. I think a lot of these films, very much like Jenny's Wedding, which we are going to talk about yeah. soon, is that this is a. It's a film that has been made to, for queerness to be palatable for straight people. Yeah, it's not made for gay people, but it's also almost a handbook to any straight man who's in love with a lesbian. Yeah, which is messed her. up. <laughs> Spoiler alert, if you're a straight man and you're pursuing a lesbian, don't. Because it's not going to work. Literally. <laughs> nah. Nah. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on, shall we? Let's talk about Jenny's wedding. 
Joyce, you haven't seen this film. No, I've seen um, summaries of it and I've seen people react to it and I've heard you talk about it extensively because I know you're very passionate about this one. Yeah, I'm very passionate about this one. Yes. I think <laughs> I love that I'm the reason you haven't watched it. <laughs> that is correct. Um, um, yeah. Jenny's Wedding is actually one of the worst films I've ever seen. Not just because... <laughs> Not just because of the bad lesbian representation. Just because it's a bit meh. I don't even know if you can call it representation. I don't think we can call it representation. Right, so let me summarise it. Jenny is played by Catherine Heigl. Okay, okay, okay. okay. This is a 2015 film. Okay. So what I'm about to talk about should not have happened in 2015. Okay. This is a recent-ish film. Even when it first came out... The, the like the queer women community was like what waking this was not made for us <laughs> this was made for straight people being like mm, gayness ooh don't know how I feel about it then they watch this film and they're magically transformed not made for us wow mm. so the protagonist Jenny Catherine Heigl she wishes to marry her girlfriend Kitty. <laughs> Kitty. There's some is... innuendo there. I don't know what it is. But... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Innuendo. I don't um, she's played by Alexis Bledel. I'm not sure if I pronounced the surname right, but Rory and Gilmore Girls, basically. Yeah. So um, two very... She plays a lesbian in The Handmaid's Tale. She does play a lesbian in The Handmaid's Tale. So this was one... Was this... Can we say this is was her first lesbian role? Or did The Handmaid's Tale come first? Ah. Oh. That is a question I have no answer to. Listeners, answer that question for yourself. Um, <laughs> Look it up. Two very pro- high-profile Hollywood actresses, right? You would think that this film would try harder. It doesn't. So Jenny wishes to marry her girlfriend, who appears to be her roommate at first. They try and throw us off the scent when Jenny's like, I want to get married. And then later in the scene, <laughs> Kitty is like, maybe you should tell your family that you want to marry me. And it's like, <laughs> oh, this film is not, like, it's not publicised to be a film about a lesbian relationship. It's about a family dealing with a secret. Mm-hmm. And then, bam, she's a lesbian. Wow. Um, and the film encounters her coming out to her family for the first time and them not reacting in a positive way. Spoiler alert. They make Jenny's sexuality entirely about themselves and they're all very selfish and it's kind of messed up. I'll give you an indication of, as to how weird this film is. The opening credits are a montage of heterosexual wedding pictures. It was so weird. Who thought that that was a good idea? Look at all these traditional weddings. Spoiler alert. We're going to deviate from this with Jenny marrying her lesbian girlfriend. <laughs> what the hell? It's so strange. It literally makes zero sense to put yeah. that in the intro. This is this is what shows you that not a single queer person was on the set. Yeah. Also, the opening scene is uh, Jenny's niece's christening. And um, the reverend says, do you renounce Satan? Which is one of the things you have to say. I um, learned as a go- when you're being a godparent for a child at christening, you have to say, do you renounce Satan? Blah, blah, blah. And you have to say yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and she argues with the pastor in front of everyone about what does that mean? What does renouncing Satan mean? Oh, like, no, Jenny. Like, just mercy. go along with it. <laughs> <laughs> just go along with it. Renounce Satan. Um, anyway. 
it shows that and then oh yeah the reaction to this is Jenny's dad says I don't know she seems guilty about something and it's just kind of like the theme of guilt and shame and fear wrapped up in sexuality is just kind of like why I thought we were past this 2015 2015 right before like I mean it was around about the time gay marriage was legalised in America yeah you'd think that we'd be a bit more yeah positive but anyway pretty rough Jenny's family also try and set her up with guys that's a thing at the start which is like hostile family vibes right (laughs) off the bat if my parents tried to set me up with anyone oh as a teen like well as a teenager but like (laughs) Jenny's a fully fledged adult she's a social worker she's living she's been living with Kitty who her family thinks is her roommate she's been living with her for five years you know she's an adult (laughs) And her family are all up in her business. Like, her private business. Like, who's she dating? There's a rumour going around she's dating a married man. <gasps> like, tea. Tea. And then they're, like, they all probably talking about that. it. Well, I think they would have. I think that's the point. And they're all talking about it with each other. But not, I'm like, it's really weird. It's like, can you imagine if your parents spoke about your, like, personal oh. business to each other in great detail? My parents don't care. Yeah. Like, it's not that deep. <laughs> Stop talking about it. <laughs> so inappropriate. So and then weird. Jenny's dad is like, I'm a fireman. I know men about, like, gayness. Oh. What does that mean? <laughs> you know men. Oh, that scene. Ew. Is this the terrifying scene? Is this the worst scene of... No, that's oh, not this okay. scene. We'll come to that scene. Oh, okay. Um... It also feels like this film was made in the 90s because their parents, Jenny's parents, blame themselves that she's oh. gay. The first reaction when she comes up to her mum says, I'm gay, I am I want to marry Kitty. Her mum is like, is it me? Is it my fault? Did I not raise you well enough? Oh my God. And I feel like that's a very middle America thing to say. Like the family think that everything has changed, but it hasn't. It's not that deep. Yeah. She's just gay, guys. She wants to marry a woman. NBD. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then I'm hesitant to criticise that too much because I feel like they're trying to represent that this family hasn't come across someone that's gay before and they don't know how to navigate this new issue. Right. Um, but yeah, it's not presented very well. They're, uh, they're very selfish. And also, there's so many scenes where the parents are just talking to random townspeople being like oh I saw that how are you of course I remember you how are you oh my god how's Jenny doing Jenny's fine I don't know what you're talking about like just to give her excuses to feel uncomfortable about Jenny's sexuality oh and it's like I think I was watching this with my girlfriend last night just to refresh my memory Mm -hmm. and I was being absolutely savage about this film but my girlfriend was a lot more sympathetic she was very much like okay yeah I can see what they're trying to do but she raised a good point like are they doing this are they showing these scenes to actually show what it can be like in the small town America for gay people and or like is it just a bad film like it, it is a very fine line you can't really tell like if they're trying to show what it's like or if it's just crap <laughs> well as a person who hasn't seen it yeah but I I can tell that there is literally 0.00000% chemistry between Catherine Heigl and Alexis 
but they'll Rory yeah. Gilmore girls. <laughs> Literally, no, they have no they, chemistry. No, they don't. They, they don't even seem like friends. They're just two roommates or whatever. Yeah, and there's nothing there. They kiss like how many times in this film? Three times? Not even twice. And it's literally yeah. so passionless, and they get married. Also, there's not even a kiss at their wedding. There's not even a kiss at the wedding. They maybe kiss when they feed each other cake at the wedding, which yeah. is a thing. And everyone's like awkwardly looking, like, oh, I guess we're cool with this now. Well, no, they—it's really uncomfortable. They're all kind of like half of them kind of like look away, like, oh, I don't know how I feel about it. And it's like, okay, well, weird. Um, also, a reaction video that I watched uh, for this—it um, was a series back in the day called Drunk Lesbians Watch. First of all, iconic. Iconic. But they raised a good point when reviewing Jenny's wedding was that. Jenny is going through a very traumatic thing. She's come out to her family as an adult for the first time. She typically has a very good relationship with her family, but this potentially means that she's never going to speak to her parents again Mm -hmm. if they don't come around to embracing her sexuality. You would think that her girlfriend would be comforting, like physically comfort her, you know? Yeah. Like, if your girlfriend's going through something like that, you at least give her a hug. Yeah. Like come on nothing I feel like I think I feel so passionately about this film being terrible is that because it had the potential to be something so good yeah especially the time it was coming out um because of everything that was going on with the gay marriage debate right obviously they legalized it 2015 2016 I can't remember the year in America but it just falls short at every hurdle and it's just so like I mean it's not the worst film in the world but it's mediocre and it could have been so much better if it was made now as well i think they'd really be able to do the small town gay thing a lot better I mean, but that's me giving the film the benefit of the doubt i feel like this film would have benefited from at least one queer woman on set 100%. and maybe you know both actresses at least having chemistry but also just being they gay have actresses. no chemistry or queer it, actresses it's so awkward Kristen stewart could have played in this come on happiest season Try Love harder. <laughs> i'm just saying it's literally it's so straight yeah it's just straight it is like they're roommates they're roommates they're just two two gal pals getting married just gals being pals getting married and then even like even the woman at the wedding store is like is this a joint wedding oh it's like that's what it looks like girl i'm not surprised you said that i mean that's what we're all thinking yeah and i think as well like jenny is written like she's like 19 20 but she's like as i said before proper adult right if she was 19 or 20 you know, maybe her hostility and her and the whole family dynamic would be a bit, bit better. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Um, I just think it's like there was a clause in their contract that they weren't like they were only like a certain amount of touches because that's oh. how like wooden they are with each other. And I think the reason we're we can be so savage about this film is because it came out not that long ago. Yeah. Just at the time where queer people are allowed to be more quit- critical about the queer content that they're consuming. Yeah. Obviously, we were talking about Lost in Delirious, Loving Annabelle, Bloomington. These were films that we watched when we couldn't, we were taking what we could get. We couldn't watch anything better because there was nothing better. Yeah. But when Jenny's Wedding came out, so many more high profile queer films were out. Pride, for example. Um, Moonlight was about to come out around that time as well. Carol. Carol came out in 2015. 
all of these high profile Hollywood films were allowed to be picky now. Yeah. We can do that. Society has evolved. We can do that. This I mean, is not a good film about queerness. Generally, I don't think the queer community even claims this film. No. It's become a meme in lesbian culture. Right. This is why I haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse. Yeah. <laughs> Lesbians don't like this film. No. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I haven't seen this, but one scene that I have seen, unfortunately, and cannot erase from my ears and eyes. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Um, it's definitely not PG-13, so... Um, I won't say it out loud, but basically it's the most outrageous thing ever coming out of her dad's mouth. Yeah. Like, I can't believe the the man actually said that to his daughter. Can you imagine if your dad said something like that to oh, you? Oh, I would never speak to my dad again, ever. Me neither. Ever. And the fact that Jenny, like, makes it 20 million times worse. <laughs> oh my God. Like, and during a funeral as well, that's the context. Oh, it's like, with her whole family around. Yeah, it's right before, funeral. It's right before a funeral. They turn up for a funeral... Jenny turns up with Kitty because it's someone that they all know in the community. Kitty comes for to be supportive, and then her dad is pulls her aside and is like, "Is now the time to be showcasing your relationship?" Like, because oh. she tells people that she, you know, me and Kitty are gonna get married. You know, blah blah blah. We're not roommates. She's my partner. We've been together five years, which is good for her to do. Yeah, fair play. But then her dad's basically like, "Is now the right time?" And then they get onto the conversation of him being like, "I don't know who's who." Yeah. Uh, I know what men do, but I don't know what women do. Yeah. And then he talks about the fireman thing again. And Jenny, fair play to her, sticks up for herself and sticks up for her relationships as she should. It's so uncomfortable and so awkward. And if a parent ever said that to me, I would never speak to them again. I would disown my family. Yeah. It's horrible. So messed up. Like, how how were these actors like, yeah, this is something a parent would say to their child. But I don't know. This is the thing with this film is that I don't know if they're like satirizing it or bringing awareness to this is how some people react to their kid being gay or if it's just that bad. Uh, like, this is the thing. This is that I can't tell. And I understand this film may have some meaning to some people. You know, being gay and growing up in a small town in middle America is difficult, but... I just have a real hard time being sympathetic. It's because the characters don't even feel gay or seem gay or no, act gay. No, exactly. Her sister, Jenny's sister, seems more gay. Fun fact, didn't realise Meryl Streep's daughter is Jenny's sister, Anne. Oh! That's Meryl Streep's daughter in real life. Wow. I know. That blew my mind. But anyway, mm-hmm. that was a fun fact. Because Catherine Heigl's career is basically non-existent now, yeah. right? She was in Grey's Anatomy and then had an Iconic. argument. Yeah iconic then had an argument with Shonda Rhimes and then Shonda Rhimes basically destroyed her career which I love first Shonda of all. is a powerful woman Shonda is a powerhouse and she clapped back yeah <laughs> um, so then Catherine Heigl is in Jenny's wedding that's all she could get maybe I don't know <laughs> and she didn't do it any justice she really didn't but yeah I feel very strongly about this film I think just because it should have been better yeah Based on the fact that it was only made seven years ago. Yeah. And it's, we had really good films from seven is, years ago. This is the problem with having no queer person in production. This is why we need queer voices. Yeah. This is why it's good. Like, Ryan Murphy, for example, he has a diversity clause in all of his, um, uh, like, writer's rooms. Mm. So 
at least half, I can't remember what percentage it is. I feel like it's at least half of his writers in the writer's room have to be minority groups. So they have to be from different ethnic backgrounds or LGBTQ+. Right. So that these voices are portrayed authentically enough. And that's so important in film to have queer stories from queer people. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway. (laughs) I think we should end it there. What do you you think? Yeah. End end on a good note. Jenny's Wedding. Best film of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Let's end on a more positive note. We've talked a lot for quite a length of time yeah. about bad representation. Joyce, give us some good representation. Give us a good character or a good queer representation that you've got. I absolutely will. Um, so today I want to talk about two two characters, actually, from a series that just came out, um, actually on the 10th of June, so two days ago. And your birthday, oh, my Queen. birthday, yeah. <laughs> Um, the series is called First Kill and it turns out to be pretty bad which is really disappointing basically the CGI looks like it was made in a teenager's basement lovely yes Um, (laughs) no disrespect Uh, but you not my cup of tea okay but um, yeah the the two main characters in it are basically um, two teenage girls Mm -hmm. that are seemingly very like open and happy in their queerness and in their relationship with each other um yeah it's about a vampire and a vampire hunter wow lesbian vampires making a comeback absolutely (laughs) that was very much a 2010s vibe so i love it in the in the theme song actually they say that everyone's jealous because they're better than bella and edward (laughs) i know this sounds good that's a lyric yeah but it is see i i had so many expectations it was it's a short it's based on a short story written by victoria schwab okay um and i think the short story must be all right but it's just the production's really bad i'm not gonna lie but you're enjoying it or no? Well... Enjoying the good representation anyway. I'm enjoying the lesbianism. Are they... Is it, like, authentic? Yeah, I think... Yeah. And th- th- that's why I'm nominating them. Their name yeah. are Juliet and Calliope. I think it's really good representation. I think it's super fun. Like, Excellent. How, how casual they are, but also, you know, how they're, like, so... Ugh, fiery <laughs> about each other. It's great. Oh, nice. It's really fun. I rate that. Yeah. Excellent. Shout out to First Kill. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, my one this this week, this month, we're a monthly series. <laughs> yep. My nomination this month is not a fictional character, but rather the iconic Rebel Wilson, who Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! announced that she is dating her very own Disney princess. Oh. I adored Rebel Wilson before. I recently watched Senior Year. You know the new Netflix I film? That she, you didn't like it? I it's just like trashy teen film, yeah. but I kind of liked it. Okay. <laughs> it was a good Sunday watch anyway. Nice, um, but yeah, I'm very pleased for her that she's you know op- feeling comfortable and open about being with a woman. Props to you, Rebel Wilson. Shout out to Rebel Wilson. Shout out. Woo! <laughs> that was I, I was telling Amber this earlier, but this is, Rebel Wilson was the last person from the Pitch Perfect cast I expected to come out. As we discussed last week, there yes. was Anna Kendrick, Britney. Did I say last week again? Yeah. I was literally thinking last month. Wow. Gross. Yeah. As I was saying last month, Anna Kendrick, Britney Snow. Yeah. Iconic, kind of queer baity. Love it. 
as you say, Rebel Wilson, last person we expected to be yeah. queer. Love that for her, though. Absolutely love it. And her girlfriend looks really cute and they look really happy on Instagram. Oh. And I just love that. Yeah. Um, especially because she's like a high profile Hollywood actress. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's great. You know, everyone's very excited about it. Yeah. On that note, thank you very much for listening to this month's episode of Gay Actually, brought to you by Amber and Joyce. If you like the podcast, please feel free to share it on social media and tweet us at UKFReview on Twitter. Um, Thanks again, and goodbye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.